This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today we have a repeat guest. I love it when I have guests who are so cool and have such great information that we need to talk to them again. Um, you know, and, and I love chatting with this woman the first time, so I was so thrilled when she wanted to be on the program again because we're going to be talking about the internal part of you. You know, we're not going to talk about how to do social media, how to do marketing, all those things. We're going to talk about what makes us tick, how we can make ourselves successful or kind of sabotage things with the own or our own power of our internal words and how we are living our lives. And so, you know, like I said, this is going to be great. So please join me in welcoming May McCarthy to our program again. Welcome, May. Hello, Dev. I'm so happy to be here. You know, and I really did have so much fun talking with you last time. So this is going to be great. But let me tell people just a little bit about you. So since 1982, May McCarthy has helped to start and grow six successful companies as large as $100 million in annual revenues. She is a best-selling author, speaker, university lecturer, and angel investor. She serves on business, philanthropic, arts, and university boards. May has become successful by implementing spiritual principles into her ventures, and it is her passion to pass her knowledge on to others. She is the author of the best-selling book, The Path to Wealth, and her newest title, The Gratitude Formula, a seven-step success system to create a life that you love. So again, May, welcome. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Deb. I'm delighted to be here. Well, and we were having so much fun catching up um, when we were chatting before the program started. But, you know, let's, let's go back just a little bit. And, you know, this truly is your passion. But tell us how you decided and discovered that this is your passion in life. Oh, boy. You know, it, it's kind of interesting. I, for, for years and years, as, I, as I've grown, I've, I've reflected an awful lot about where it all started. And mm -hmm. in terms of business, I know that it started as a little girl mm -hmm. when my parents would tell us that if we wanted to have extra money to buy, you know, extra things that they wouldn't provide, mm -hmm. we had to figure out a way to find a problem, mm -hmm. come up with a solution and convince somebody to facilitate a fair exchange of value with us. Ah. So I remember seeing my brothers and sisters wash cars and mow lawns and trim hedges and things like that and babysit. And I remember at six years old, noticing that the people that were out on our beach where I was raised in Hawaii didn't have anything cool to drink. There were no public facilities around. And so I started a concession business with the help of my mom at six. And what I what I love to do as I continued to grow and have other businesses as a youngster and then seven businesses as an adult is that I love to help solve problems. Mm -hmm. I love to facilitate fair exchanges of value. Mm -hmm. And I love to help people be successful. And I know that some of the greatest, greatest learning that I've ever done in my business career has been uh, with the help of people that had gone before me. They were much older. They had built successful businesses. They had made multiple mistakes. Mm -hmm. um, they've had huge successes. And they were really great mentors for me in terms of helping me to avoid mistakes and, and to do some things mm -hmm. so that I would have the best shot at success. And so I've tried to, you know, do the same thing. I go into classrooms. I go into environments with young entrepreneurs. And I don't mean young in terms of age. I just mean young in terms of the age of their companies. Mm -hmm. um, and try to, you know, share some of the information that I've accumulated over 37 years of doing business 
um, in the hopes mm-hmm. that it can either help them succeed or maybe even avoid some mistakes. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and I love that your passion is to help others, um, you know, and, and, and you do it in a way that, as, as I was saying in the intro, we're, we're working internally on ourselves. Um, you know, and, and the, the first time I interviewed you was back in April of 2018, and I read your book then, and then I reread it again last night. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, well, you said it when we were chatting before the program, it's the power of words. You know, what are we telling ourselves? You know, we have that little internal voice. You know, we all have that little internal voice. Sometimes we argue with it. Sometimes we ignore it. Um, Sometimes we talk back to it, right? Um, But it's, you know, what are we telling ourselves to become successful? Or more importantly, are we sabotaging ourselves with our power of words? Well, we do both. Mm -hmm. We do both. And it, it really depends on our level of consciousness. Mm-hmm. You know, so many of us have gotten into the habit of using our words to describe what we don't want, right. thinking that we're describing what we do want. I remember in one of my last companies, we were developing and selling software and giant pieces of equipment to large hospital systems to automate their drug distribution processes. Mm-hmm. And I had uh, this one salesperson, a really delightful woman, who kept showing up as the last in the rung of quota for sales reps. Mm-hmm. So she, she was last month after month after month and mm-hmm. sold the least amount of products. And I knew she had it in her to be much more successful. Mm-hmm. And so I called her up and I said, I'm going to fly out to California and I want to go on some ride-alongs with mm-hmm. you. Now, this is unusual because... I was the CEO of the company. I wasn't her boss. Right. I wasn't the sales manager or the vice president of sales. You probably terrified uh, her. <laughs> well, maybe. Anyway, she. Uh, <laughs> so we started uh, going, you know, I spent a few days with her. And what I heard coming out of her mouth was really interesting. I would hear things like, gosh, I hope traffic's not bad and that I'm late and make a bad impression. Oh, I hope that the customer understands my um, explanation uh, because I don't want to lose business to our competitors. Now, here's the interesting thing about that. Many of us might not see that those statements are, that there's anything wrong with them. But they're negative. But but there is something wrong because our subconscious doesn't understand don't. Mm -hmm. What our subconscious does is look at the the words Mm -hmm. and figure out what picture to make. So number one, she made a picture of traffic. Mm -hmm. She made a picture of being late. Mm -hmm. She made a picture of being, making a bad impression. She made a picture of losing business to her competitor. Mm -hmm. So I helped her to just shift her words to, I'm so grateful that I'm early or on time to all of my appointments Mm -hmm. and that I easily am able to explain the value proposition of what we have to offer to help our customers solve real problems and save money and save lives and improve patient safety. I'm so grateful that, that we have superior quality products and services that are just perfect for Mm -hmm. our customers and that they can see the value in it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we shifted her words a bit and it took, you know, about a little over six months, but she ended up becoming the top salesperson before the year was over. Right. Now, our salespeople made almost a million dollars a year Mm -hmm. if they were top salespeople Mm because our products and services were very expensive. Mm -hmm. But I tell you what, she all she had to do was shift her words and everything changed. And I'm a big proponent of that. I started teaching some workshops when um, some friends of mine uh, that were running a spiritual center asked me to come in and teach about entrepreneurship and marketing and sales and business planning and things like that. And then the spiritual leadership had asked me, you know, what are you doing to be so successful? And I honestly thought it was a trick question. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I said, well, I'm kind of doing what you teach here, Mm -hmm. you know, using my words and thoughts and emotions and alignment and things. They said, no, specifically, what do you do? I said, oh, you want to know about my daily success practice. Mm -hmm. And so I described it to them and they asked if I would teach some workshops. Mm -hmm. 
Well, after about the 500th person had gone through the workshop and had great success, I mean, I get bombarded with emails and Facebook private messages and things like that with people sharing their stories about how their life has shifted, much like my salesperson mm-hmm. and, um, and how grateful they are. And so I was asked to write a book because in all of my workshops, I give everyone, you know, a 28 page, 28 to 53 page workbook, depending mm-hmm. upon the length of the workshop. And, um, and I t- also tell a ton of application stories, you right. know, how to apply this to your life. And, um, but I don't write down the stories. So a lot of the people that had attended the workshops asked me back in 2013, if I would write a book Mm -hmm. and I hummed and hawed about it. And then finally I just said, if it's meant to be, it'll be. And I started writing and, and the path was, was quite, quite interesting and and easy and joyful. And then the path to wealth came out in 2015 and became a bestseller. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and, and it it is all about having that positive frame of of mind when you're going into something. And as you were talking, you know, talking about the the words, I remember, you know, I was working with someone here in Atlanta, and and she was the president of a business association, and I was doing their weekly newsletter. And so, you know, they'd have monthly meetings, and so I would always say for the subject line, "Don't forget to register." And she said, "Stop doing that." And I was like, well, but we don't want them to forget to register. And she said, you know, you're putting that, oh, I've already forgotten to register in their mind. And so she had me reframe it to a positive statement. And and it worked much better. I mean, it was just, it was very interesting how just that slight little tweak made a big difference. And I thought, wow, you know, th- think about how many times we do that. We've, we almost talk ourselves out of something before we ever even go to do it. Oh, I, I, I absolutely know. And whatever you're talking about, you're going to see evidence of. I remember this, this one guy had told me, I ask people to formulate goal statements mm-hmm. using gratitude, but to be grateful for the outcome Mm-hmm. of having already achieved the goal. So instead of saying something like, I want to lose 10 pounds, mm-hmm. you know, if the goal is to be wanting to lose, well, guess what? You already achieved it. You're already right. you're wanting. Want, yeah, you can always yeah. want to lose it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you're always wanting. You've already gotten there. And you won't get any subconscious or intuitive uh, direction to take any steps to lose weight. So a better way to describe it is as though it's already complete. You might say, I'm so grateful that I'm physically fit, trim, toned, energetic, and a healthy, pain-free body that easily moves through life. And you say it with emotion. So I ask people to do that. And it feels a little weird at first, Mm -hmm. but you get used to it. It's just like riding a bike was weird at first, but now you're used to it. Driving a car was weird, but now you're used to it because you've practiced every day. Mm -hmm. So so I ask people to do that. And... (laughs) I remember at this one workshop, there was a man who said that his goal was that his Uncle Bob not be a pain in the butt at the family reunion. Mm -hmm. I I remember (laughs) reading that in your book. Uh Oh, my gosh. And I said, look, all you're doing is putting out there the expectation that you see evidence of Uncle Bob being a pain in the butt. And he was going to watch for it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So he needed to shift his words to describe what he really wanted, which was to have a great time at the family reunion. And as he did that, he didn't even notice Uncle Bob. Mm -hmm. And he may have had a gut instinct to walk out one door to go talk to another relative while Uncle Bob came in and made a fool of himself in in the room he just left. Uncle Bob's behavior didn't change. Yeah, it it, it may not have, but he wasn't looking for it. Mm So it didn't exist. And so that's what I ask people to do is to be very, very careful of their words. And I have to tell you, sometimes we can get so unconscious. We can also um, forget how powerful our words are. I I mentioned to you earlier that I just had a little wake-up call to that same message. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been hugely successful in using the power of my words, thoughts, and emotions. Mm -hmm to create an incredible life. I mean, a very, very wonderful life. I just love it. I really do love my life. And um, I, I, in an effort 
to be loving and supportive for my husband, I declared in February of this year that I was not going to schedule any vacations Mm -hmm. for us until he finished a project, a really big project that he was very excited about and he was working on because I had seen in January and December when I had vacations scheduled that it was stressing him out, Mm -hmm. you know, because he worked on his project. Mm -hmm. It was time away from his project. So I declared that. Now, this is a very long-term project, right? Right. And and anytime we'd see a vacation that we thought, ooh, doesn't that look great? I would declare once again, you know, honey, I'm not I'm not gonna schedule anything right. for us wait. because I want I want you to have enough time to be able to finish your project. Mm-hmm. Well then, low about oh April, May, I scheduled to go to our family reunion, which only happens once every three years. Mm -hmm. And that was on August 4th. And then I scheduled uh, another trip that we bought at an auction. Mm -hmm. I didn't even think to shift my words Mm -hmm. to allow for those to happen with grace and ease. Mm -hmm. Now he wasn't scheduled to be finished with his um, project Mm -hmm. until midway through that second vacation Ah. in August. Mm -hmm. And But I didn't shift my words. Mm-hmm. I had already laid the groundwork. So on August 3rd, the day before our family reunion, I had sort of a freak, weird accident mm-hmm. and ended up falling and breaking my arm, oh, no. which prevented me from going on both of these trips, right. which, of course, prevented me from having a vacation mm-hmm. to take him away to mm-hmm. before he was finished with this project. Now right. I'm very happy to report he is completely finished with this project. Mm-hmm. He sailed through with huge success Yay. and great great joy and I'm on the mend. Mm-hmm. But but even even if you get to a point where you know you know how powerful your words are. You have proved this over and over and over again. You've got to stay present and conscious, right? And 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 make sure you use them correctly. I, it didn't even occur to me he wouldn't be finished mm-hmm. when I started declaring that right. back in February. Mm-hmm. Um, so just just an example that you can never ever ever be an expert at this. It's a work in progress every single day, right? Now, you know, when you declare these things, is it internal? Is it external? Is it both? I, mean, I did it both. Okay. I, for me, for me, I find that the spoken word um, anchors the meaning and and has more of a vibration than just your thoughts. Mm-hmm. And there is now, accountability th- when you've told someone else. Well, there is. There absolutely is. Mm-hmm. But there's but there's a, a different energy when you say something out loud. Mm-hmm. And I know that the spoken word will always overpower anything that you're thinking. And I have people experiment with this, and you probably read this in my book as well, that when you are fearful, when you're filled with doubt, when you might have a negative tape running in your head, oh my gosh, I made a mistake, you know, that kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. pull out some positive affirmations Mm -hmm. that are contrary to those negative thoughts. Mm. When you speak those out loud, you will overpower those negative thoughts or those fearful thoughts or those doubtful thoughts. You cannot think something negative and speak something positive at the same time. Mm-hmm. Your, your spoken word will always win out. Mm-hmm. So you may have to in the first day, especially if it's a really scary thing, mm-hmm. um, like you know being sued by a Fortune 20 company or right. something, yeah. which mm-hmm. I've had happen many times. Um, when that happens and you are, have these thoughts of, oh, my God, they could squish me like a bug. They're giant. Um, they could wrap me up in court for years. Is this going to put our business out of business? You know, we're just a small company. I mean, these are fearful thoughts. Mm-hmm. Well, then you write down some positive thoughts like, you know what? We didn't do anything wrong and we are completely and divinely protected. I have all of the information and all of the resources to easily and and joyfully get through this with the right attorneys. We're going to solve this. And there is more than enough business out there for both of our companies to thrive and prosper and serve our companies. Mm -hmm. This matter is now resolved and dissolved. And all of my legal fees are returned to me. Wow. And you say that over and over and over and over again. And I have to report in every one of those cases, that's exactly what happened. Right. And all my attorney's fees were returned to me. Mm -hmm. You know, and 
it's kind of like, it's not kind of like, it's when you put it out into the universe, it happens. You know, now we're not saying be Pollyanna about any of this, you know, because things still happen. But in, in, then in many ways, it's, it's how you deal with it when it does happen. Um, you know, if, if, you, if you had that positive outlook going in and it didn't quite come out the way you wanted, well, you think, oh, okay. And then you have that positive frame of reference, that shift again going forward out of that. So, you know, if something bad happens, you don't, you know, it's not chicken little with the sky is falling. You know, it's like, right. okay. Well, and also it's okay to recognize that you're human mm-hmm. and you're, you're going to have that moment of panic. I mean, when I hurt myself, for instance, and that hurt my arm, um, the very first place I went was, oh my God, what an idiot I was. <laughs> what did I just do to myself? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I wasn't paying attention. And that's so unlike me. And all oh, my family's so disappointed that I have to not go to the family reunion and, and this, and, and I feel so stupid. And so, so I was human, and I immediately went there while I was right. screaming in pain. Uh-huh. But then I declared, I know there's some good in this. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but I know it's going to be revealed to me. Right. I know I'm going to figure this out. There is something good here. Mm-hmm. Now, as a result, I we had bought a, a vacation property. It's about three and a half hour drive from our house. And I was going back and forth. And that's those were the things I was picking up off the floor were carpet styles, um, samples and tiles and things like that. And I I'm a you know, I'm a worker and mm-hmm. I wanted to keep my husband uh, away from having any uh, stress and yeah, distraction on his project. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm going to go back and forth to our lake house and, and get it all fixed up and, and handle it. Well, because I couldn't drive, I had to wait and he would drive me. Ah. The good in that was that he got an opportunity to participate right in the creation of this new joyful home for us. Right. I didn't realize that he would actually like that. Mm-hmm. And he did. Mm-hmm. So that was one good thing is right. that I, I was able to, to recognize that my husband is much more supportive <laughs> right. um, than, than I originally planned that he should be. <laughs> right. Well, and you got to spend quality time with him. Really quality time. Yeah. You know, really it, quality yeah, especially time. if it was a three and a half hour drive each way. I mean, you know, it was, it, you know, and, and it probably gave him that mental break from working and thinking about his, his big project. It did. And he was still able to practice and, and review stuff while we were over at the lake house. But he would take breaks during the day to, you know, go to the furniture store, go uh, talk to the painter, talk to the, you know, carpet people, you know, that kind of stuff. And I didn't realize that that he actually enjoyed being involved. Mm-hmm. So that was good. The second thing that that came out of it that was good was the reminder. I like to tell people that some of my work helps them to remember to remember what they already know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I remembered to remember what I already knew, which was we are incredibly powerful. Right. All of us are so powerful and we need to treat using our words as a tool and be conscious to always be conscious of what's coming out of our mouth Mm -hmm. so that we can direct that power into a productive and, and enjoyable and, and, uh, helpful, uh, outcome. Right. Yeah. And, and again, there are times where, you know, we're going to say something negative, all those various things life happens, you know, but then when we, pause and think, okay, let's, let's not go there. Um, you know, one of the things yeah, I, I spend quite a bit of time on social media and let's be honest, Facebook is just full of ugh, right now. Um, a lot of politics. Now I, you know, I make it a, a policy. I do not respond positive, negative, whatever. I just don't do that. But I also don't even really read it because I don't want to think about it. You know, it's, it's, it, it's, it's going to be something that I'm going to go Ugh, at, you know, and, and all of those various things. But a big part is I, I just don't respond. 
And when I read people who, you know, if I happen to glance at it and there's somebody who is responding with, with vitriol, with hate, with all of these various things. And, you know, I, my first instinct is to feel very sorry for them and be very sad for them that that is what they're choosing to focus on because I figure it's going to carry over into the rest of their lives, you know? And, and so, yeah, I just look at it and think, Oh, okay, whatever. And, and I go along and, and, you know, and I, now I do the unfollow thing a lot too. I'm like, nah, that's going to be all they're posting about. Let's just remove them from, you know, from me even seeing it. They're perfectly, you know, it's, it's, you know, I want them to have their opinion all of those various things, but I just don't have to read into it. There was a really great, I agree. Um, I don't, I don't do politics either on, on social media at all. Um, What I do is I like the comments and posts from people that are for possibility. Right. So they, they will post something cool about, you know, we can, as a world society, choose to treat each other with respect and live in harmony. Mm-hmm. When I see statements like that, I think, yep, I, right. can, agree. I can agree with that. We can choose to uh, live healthy, helpful lives. Yep, I can agree with that. Mm-hmm. But when it comes right down to I'm against this, mm-hmm. I, I, I like the ones that are I'm for this. Right. And against nothing, because what happens when you're when you're against something is you're make you're actually giving it energy and making it bigger in your life. Right. You're going to and and you end up seeing more about it. You see more evidence, right? And so the the best way to combat something that you don't want to experience is to be for mm-hmm. the opposite. Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, to, to start using your words to say, I am for this, I am for this. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and again, it may just be in my own head, I'm saying it because I'm not going to type it on the post, but but yeah, you know, I've, I've, I've realized it and then moved on. Yeah. I am for kindness. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I am for love. I am for, for uh, prosperity and freedom for all. You know, it, and it's funny, I, I do, you know, I like the posts on, you know, whatever social media platform, you know, that the, and, and you know, sometimes I call them the pithy posts, the inspirational quotes, um, you know, and, and I do read those. I like them, you know, and, and frequently I like, like them or I love them, you know, all of those various things. Um, but it's, you know, and, and I follow pages that are going to post things like that. And so many times it's, it's an uplift, you know, you might be having, a, you know, you might be a little stressed over something and, and you read a quote and it's like, okay, this is great. And, yeah. and, and it's funny because they are a positive quote. It's not, don't do this. Right. We hate this. It's, it's the positive things. And empowering, you know, some of them right. are, um, oh, some of them remind are you, remind you of your power. Mm-hmm. Right. And I love that. Right. You know, it's, it's funny. I was telling you um, before the program that I had posted one several days ago um, a- about being grateful. And, and I know that gratitude, and, and I really want to talk about gratitude here in, in a second, but grati- because gratitude is, is a very big part of, of what you teach people. But it was a gratitude post. And it was, you know, when you are grateful, you tend to be more healthy, you know, all, and, and several things like that. And this gentleman private messaged me with very negative comments or not very negative, just a negative comment. And, you know, that that's, it's just not possible for some people to. to And my first thought was, wait, 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 it's not, it's not possible for people to be grateful. So that was, that was what he said, you know, for some people, it's just not possible to be grateful and, you know, and, and I'm thinking, okay. And so my first thought really was of sadness for him and thinking, oh my gosh, this really struck him. And so poor thing, what's happening in his life? I mean, I really did feel like that. But then I thought, nah, dude, you're not going to rain on my parade. <laughs> and, and, and so I did respond and, and I contemplated. You know, should I respond? Should I not respond? Because in many cases, it really is best just to not go there. Um, you know, and, and I responded and, and I said a little bit about the health issues that I have had, which are lengthy, um, you know, and, and I said, and I still choose to be happy every day 
If I can make my doctors laugh, I think I've really done my job. And then I said, you know, but I, I do have times where I feel bad about things that have happened, but it is my choice to still feel grateful for everything that I do have. And his response was thumbs up, you know, and, and, but, but it just, I, and I still feel bad that there was something in his life where he just thought, oh my gosh, this is, I, I can't be grateful. Hmm. That, um, that just seems so strange because I believe that gratitude is a choice. Right. It's not a feeling. Mm-hmm. You, you, the feeling may result in happiness or peace or something it, like that, but to be grateful, to be grateful, mm-hmm. to be grateful is, right. is simply a choice. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's, for me, it's also the same with love. Mm-hmm. I can choose to love. And I remember mm-hmm. learning that at such a young age, my my mom would listen to me say, I hate my brother. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just a little kid. Right. And she looked and at me and she said. Done something egregious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'd say, I'd say, I hate him. And she said, no, you have to love your brother. You don't always have to like him. Right. But you must love your brother, mm-hmm. which, which actually is quite comforting to know that, you know, love is a choice. Right. You don't always have to like, mm-hmm. but. But you, but you can choose to love. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and I, we definitely can choose to be grateful. Um, you know, I'm, I'm grateful I'm still alive. I mean, you know, that's, that's probably one of the, the biggest things is, you know, because I was very seriously ill. And there were times where it, it didn't look good. And I tell people, you know, the alternative is not acceptable. I'm not looking up at six feet of dirt. Um, you know, and, and there are times where I do feel bad. I mean, you know, I get whiny. We all have days like that. And then I will, in many cases, see something, you know, because, you, you know, we, we talked about, you know, when you're thinking negative, you see negative. So then I will see someone who has something worse, you know, and, and like a, ch- a cancer, uh, a children's cancer commercial will come on or something like that. And I realize just how much I do have to be grateful for. Um, and, and I do. I make that choice. It's like, you know what? Stop whining about what's going on and let's just go along with our life. Yeah, that's, that's so true. And, and gratitude, actually, one of the things that I've noticed with gratitude is it has magnetizing mm-hmm. power. Right. It will, it will turn you into a magnet for increasing and making more evident whatever you're being grateful for. I think it was Oprah Winfrey that said, if you're thankful for or, or grateful for what you have, it tends to multiply mm-hmm. and increase. Right. But if you are always focusing on lack, you'll have more of that. Mm-hmm. And I believe that. I, I've proved it. Mm-hmm. I know lots of people that have proved it. So mm-hmm. if, you, if you want to increase more of what you desire in life, Start being grateful for it in advance. If you want to experience more appreciation, start, start not only using statements that describe your appreciation and, and gratitude for experiencing pre- appreciation, mm-hmm. but, but find one person a day right. that you contact and say, I just want you to know I appreciate you. Mm-hmm. If you want um, more money, you know, start being grateful and that um, you're experiencing financial freedom with a minimum or more of X number of dollars. And then find a place to give, mm-hmm. to give and jumpstart that returning to you. Right. Because and the thing is true with love or health or, mm-hmm. or anything that you feel you're lacking. Be grateful for receiving it mm-hmm. and start giving it first. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and you talk about that a lot in, in your book, I, well, obviously, because it's called The Gratitude Formula. And, you know, it's, it is interesting because, as we said, it is that choice. You know, we can choose to be grateful or we can choose to be, you know, to, to bitch and to, to whine about it. And, you know, but as, as small business owners, as entrepreneurs, sometimes it's really hard, you know, because we put so much stress on ourselves to be perfect, to be successful, you know, all of these various things. And I know you work with people regarding stress, um, you know, and, and so let's kind of shift in and talk about that because, like I said, you know, it's small business owners, we, we have the weight of the world sometimes on us. And, and that's not to say that, you know, the, the CEO of the Fortune 10 company doesn't, but 
in many cases, I think when we're the small business owner or the entrepreneur, we're alone. You know, we're we're in our our guest bedroom, you know, whatever it is. And so dealing with stress is very different. So one of the things you talk about is how can we use our reflection in the mirror to help us with stress? Oh, gosh, I'd love this one. So I know that sometimes in the middle of the day, um, something might show up or you might even be a little tired. Maybe you didn't sleep so good the night before. But in that middle of the day, um, when you get a bomb dropped on you and you are starting to feel panicked, you know, maybe even, you know, a giant RFP is, is due and you're running up against a, 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 a timeline and you aren't sure if you're going to meet it, and, but it's got to get shipped off, you know, to, to the uh, uh, person that sent out the bid. I mean, whatever it is that's stressing you out, take a moment. Mm-hmm. Just give yourself like two minutes and go someplace in the bathroom or someplace that has a mirror. And look into the mirror and start at the very top of your head and move a fraction of an inch down all the way through your face to the bottom of your neck. Mm -hmm. And at every time that you change your focus to slight, you know, a slight um, fraction of an inch down, Mm -hmm. I want you to breathe in and breathe out and tell that spot on your face to relax. Mm -hmm. Just breathe in. And breathe out, and then move your your vision down, just a you know a portion of an inch. Mm-hmm. And then when you get down to the base of your neck, take another deep breath and, and smile at yourself, and then go back. You'll find that just focusing on relaxing the muscles in your face mm-hmm. tends to help you relax. The other interesting thing that you'll find is that when you start out at the top of your head your breathing might be a little shallow because remember you're breathing in, telling your face at that particular part of your head or face to relax. And then you're breathing out before you move on down a a portion of an inch. Mm -hmm. By the time you get to the base of your neck, your breath will be longer. Mm -hmm. It will be slower. You will exhale more fully. Mm -hmm. And just that exercise alone tends to calm you down. Now, why is is it important to get yourself to a calm place? Well, if you're you're using the daily practice that I write out in my books, write about in my books, Mm -hmm. you have already primed your brain for success. You've already been grateful that morning in a number of different ways for the good outcomes that you want with your business, with your employees, your customers, your shareholders, your investors, your family, your friends, and the list goes on. You've already declared your words with gratitude, um, having received the outcomes that you want, including Mm -hmm. the financial outcomes that you want for your business. Mm -hmm. You can't receive intuitive and innovative messages to guide you to achieve those goals and make those statements true if you're stressed out. Mm -hmm. Think about this. Have you ever been really angry or worried about something, Deb? I know you have. Oh, of course. Mm -hmm. Okay. If I come up to you at exactly that time and try and have a conversation with you, can you hear me? No, I'm still focused on whatever I'm upset about. Exactly. So by using that mirror technique as one of several to calm yourself, that's when you can hear or notice that still small creative voice or that innovative idea, that bit of creativity that can come through Mm -hmm. to help you to find a good outcome, to solve this problem to complete the task at hand, Mm -hmm. you've got to get yourself to a calm state. So that's one of of, uh, several techniques that Mm -hmm. you can use to do that. Right. And and of course, just calming really is what needs to happen, you know, and and because then you're... It it does open up your mind, um, you know, and, and... and it is the deep breathing. It's, you know, relaxing your muscles, all of those various things. And, you know, but, but what are some other things that people can do when they're getting really stressed? Well, I can tell you that some of my, my friends, uh, one of the things that I advise them to do, they work in a, 
Fortune 200 company. And they're that middle management and they are constantly stressed and in meetings and things like that. And the day can just get away from them. And they're, they're just the moment they walk in the door until the moment they walk out. Right. They're just one big ball of stress. Mm -hmm. And they don't find that they have been as productive and they're getting kind of an attitude of being pissed off all the time. Right. So I asked them to set an alarm on their phone Mm. and this alarm will go off. Um, if they're in a meeting, it'll just vibrate. If, right. it, if they're out of the meeting, it'll go off. Mm-hmm. And they set this every two hours. Mm. When they have a moment to go ahead and pay attention to that alarm, mm-hmm. they then have to go somewhere quietly for 60 seconds. Mm-hmm. That's all. Just 60 seconds. Right. So shut your office door, go to the restroom, whatever. Something. Someplace mm-hmm. quiet where they won't be disturbed. Just 60 seconds, and many of them will take two and three minutes Mm -hmm, now because it's so helpful. Mm -hmm. And all they do is close their eyes and breathe in for eight, Mm -hmm. hold for four, Mm -hmm. and breathe out for four. Breathe in to the count of eight, hold for four, and out for four. Mm -hmm. They do that. It will immediately calm them down within 60 seconds. Mm-hmm. Just filling their lungs to with more air than they would normally breathe. You know, we, we tend when we're stressful to go in on ourselves and have shallow breathing. Right. But just taking that moment to really full and expand your lungs ends up calming you down. Mm-hmm. Then they can go back to their stressful day, but not feel as stressed out. And then the alarm goes off again in two hours and they take another break. Right. Well, and I was thinking that, you know, as you're doing that, you're, you know, as you're saying, you know, in for eight, hold it for four, out for four. When you're counting in your mind to do that, you're not thinking about whatever it is that stressed you out. So that, that kind of takes your focus away. That's right. That's right. Some of them have even, <laughs> interestingly enough, some of them have even gotten um, a, like a Pandora or uh, YouTube on their phones mm-hmm. and they'll plug in their earphone ah. and they'll listen to sort of a meditation music for that 60 seconds. Mm-hmm. They'll set an alarm on their phone, right, but right. for that for that 60 seconds or two or three minutes, depending on how much time they have, mm-hmm. they'll even have some music playing in the background while they're counting in for eight, holding for four, and releasing for four. Because mm-hmm. music sometimes can help you calm down even faster. Right. Yeah, it's, it's funny. There's a commercial on one of the TV stations that I watch that is for, it's for an app that helps calm you down. And so the, and it's, it's funny because the entire commercial is just that calming sound. And wow. and 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 I'm you know first of all I thought well they spent that much money on that. And then I thought no wait a minute. Pay attention to it. You know and and it does. It's now it's only 30 seconds because you know 60 second commercial is a heck of a lot of money. But yeah it was just that little now clearly they're trying to sell you on their product. But you know and and I've seen the same things around Christmas where it's you know the 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 brook on the, you know, uh, you know, the, the stream in the woods and just sit and enjoy that. And it's like, okay, now I can go on with my day. Um, you know, and, and I love those. I think they're great. Yeah. And so many, so many of those kinds of recordings are much longer than 60 seconds. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they're helping you to sleep, you know, and, and some things like that. Right. right. So this, this particular exercise, the important thing is to take a break about every two hours. Mm-hmm. Right. Just 60 seconds. Go go sit in the bathroom stall mm-hmm. for 60 seconds mm-hmm. and just br- sit sit on the toilet and, mm-hmm. and breathe in and breathe out or shut your office door or, mm-hmm. or, or take a walk out around the building. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever you can do for 60 seconds. Right. Breathe in for eight, hold for four, and release for four. Mm-hmm. That will make the world of difference in your stress level. You can even measure your heart rate before and after, and right. you'll see that your heart rate decreases. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, and it definitely drops your blood pressure. Um, yes. You know, I've, I've, I do this all the time. I'll, you know, 
when I'm at the doctor's office, and of course, you know, everybody, you know, they, they talk about the fact that people have doctor's office anxiety. And you know, I'm in the doctor so much, I'm like, whatever. But, you know, one time I was uh, having a treatment and they always, you know, you get the treatment and then they check your vitals, you know, make sure you're okay before they send you out into the world. And I'd had two women on either side of me having a political discussion. And there I was stuck in the middle, you know, and, and, and I didn't have headphones. I couldn't, you know, all this stuff. And so when they came and took my blood pressure, it was, it was high enough that they were a little concerned. And I said, give me a minute. And I closed my eyes and I just breathed in slowly and held it and breathed out. And I don't even remember what the count was, but I, I focused on my breathing and I dropped my blood pressure 20 points. I love it. They just looked at me and I'm like, eh. you know, and, and, but I, I got out of thinking about what those two women were discussing, um, you know, and, and so it's, it's funny when I sit, I really try and stay off by myself um, for a variety of reasons, but you know, it's just, you, you can calm yourself, drop your blood pressure, all of those various things in a minute or two minutes, you know, it's in, and then you can deal with whatever else it is that's coming along your way. Right. And you, you actually brought to mind one of the things that I advise my clients. Um, uh, just as an example, I have one client that owns a law firm. Mm-hmm. And she has a sister and mother that know how to push her buttons and mm-hmm. trigger her. There's nothing that my client can do right, right. for her sister mm-hmm. and her mother. Mm-hmm. And, it, it, you know, many of us would, would say that that's dysfunctional, Right. Um, but she wants, you know, she's, my client is absolutely brilliant, Mm -hmm. brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. I mean, she, if, if you have a question about anything, you just call her and she will have an answer. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's brilliant. So when these issues would come up with mom and sister, she would want to be helpful. Right. Well, of course, mom and sister don't execute on it and then blame her for for the bad, for the bad outcome. Mm Mm-hmm. So she's just like, you know, I got to break this cycle. And I said, I, I know how you can do it. First of all, don't try and, and, and save them anymore. Right. Just don't go ahead. Mm-hmm. When, they're, when they're complaining and trying to bait you, mm-hmm. I want you quietly in your mind to say, it's not my stuff. Mm-hmm. I love you. I bless you. I forgive you. I release you. Mm-hmm. It's not my stuff. I love, now do this with a smile and sort of a concerned look, right. but it's, it's not my stuff. Mm-hmm. I love you. I bless you. I forgive you. I release you mm-hmm. and say that over and over and over again, the whole time they're talking, mm-hmm. then don't jump in and offer any advice. Just listen. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. I get, Oh yeah, that must be hard, mm-hmm. but don't offer to do anything because it's not your stuff. Mm-hmm. I tell you what, in less than six months, her stress level regarding her mother and sister um, was non-existent. She had no stress regarding them anymore. Mm-hmm. It wasn't her stuff. Right. Well, and I'm guessing also that you know, if they were doing it to try to bait her, well, when she stopped responding, well, you know, that's no fun anymore. So they, you know, hopefully then they thought about, well, maybe we shouldn't be talking about this or, you know, let's, let's find something else to discuss. No, they still try and bait her, but she just, she just doesn't, she just doesn't play. Right. You know, you can't, you can't play a dysfunctional game if somebody doesn't participate. Right. Mm-hmm. And she just decided, I don't want to be around that. I don't want to be involved in that, mm-hmm. setting myself up for disappointment or, or, um, you know, being baited and, and, and participating. Mm-hmm. So she just decided that she would love them mm-hmm. and she would bless them and she would, you know, hope for the best. Obviously, if they said, hey, honey, I need to have this money, she would yes. choose whether or not to give them as a, right. a gift. Mm-hmm. But in order to give them advice, which she knows is going to end up backfiring mm-hmm. on her because that's been the pattern, mm-hmm. um, she's just decided she wouldn't play anymore. And that was a huge reducer of stress. So mm-hmm. if there are toxic people that are in people's lives, um, then, you know, they need to make a choice. Sometimes we have to be around them because they're family members or maybe the boss or whoever, yeah, yeah, or an investor or something like that. But we can internally send out blessing and love and, 
and forgiveness and releasing and not not re, not reacting negatively or preparing to be treated poorly mm-hmm. right well and and then even when you start those conversations you've kind of pre-calmed yourself is <laughs> maybe what i was yeah right mm-hmm. right you know, and i think one of the things that is important is you know if possible, don't get in those situations. I mean, you know, we there are toxic people. And, and that's one of the things that I learned when I was sick was, you know what, there are just some people I can't be around. You know, I'm, I'm going to, their, their negative energy is going to affect me. Um, you know, and, and when you have that negative energy, you're not as healthy. You're not going to be healthy. You know, there's, you know, all sorts of things that, you know, and, and, and there are scientific studies that show this, this, you know, that, that, you know, when you're all keyed up, things are just happening and, and, um, you know, and, and negative things to your body. And so you, you, if possible, remove that. But the other thing is it, it is that choice when they are there, how you're going to deal with them. That is absolutely right. And you can also proactively prepare yourself Mm -hmm. to have people that you like and appreciate in your life. And what I mean by that is in the morning meeting that I described when you're priming your brain for success, Mm -hmm. all right, when you're, when you're filling your brain and your subconscious with the goal outcomes that you want to experience in your life, I always have a goal outcome for harmonious relationships and Mm -hmm. For my business, I would say only those people that are for our company's highest and greatest good now come to work for us. All others find their good elsewhere. Right. And only those people who I who are a benefit to me and who I can be who I can benefit um, now find me mm-hmm. and and hire me. And all others find the resources that they need elsewhere. Right. And I tell you, ever since that kind of thing became a goal for me. And all of my family and friend relationships are beneficial. We, we appreciate and value each other immensely and are helpful to each other in our friendship. Mm-hmm. So right. when I started declaring that, things started to shift. I very, very rarely had to fire anybody mm-hmm. um, because the people that weren't right for our company either wouldn't apply or when they interviewed, we just knew they weren't the right fit. So and it, it, there's it was nothing great. wrong with them. It just wasn't a good fit. Right. And, you know, as a, from a practical standpoint, you know, as an, as a CEO who's hired, you know, thousands of people over my career, um, it, the advice always remains the same, you know, be really slow to hire and quick to fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Right. You know, and, it's it is one of those where when when you are taking your time you want the good fit you know and and you're going to get that good fit and they should also know when they're going through that process this is going to work or this isn't going to work you know for for whatever reason you know maybe it's how the you know the you know, the this the pace that the office is at or hours that you whatever it is you know they'll know Ah, you know, maybe this isn't the right place, and and you know, and, and you know, I've certainly gone through that when I was applying for jobs in the past, where I thought, you know, this is a great place, but it's just not the right place, um, you know. And and but the problem comes in, you know, when we're the small business owner, and and it's a potential client, and we're thinking, but I need that money, you know, I you know, and and so what do you tell people? To get past, I, I hate to say the hump, but you know how how do you you know, work with people to show them you know just working with them just because is not the reason you need to be working with them. Well, I did the same thing in uh, the same kind of statements when I was growing my businesses. All of those customers that are right customers for us, who we can provide quality and valuable products and services to, mm-hmm. now find us. Mm-hmm. And we easily and joyfully facilitate a fair exchange of value, and they love using our superior quality products and services and enjoy our impeccable and wonderful customer service. They are so excited about working with us that they tell all of their peers at other hospitals that they should buy from us too. Mm-hmm. Right. We, we had wonderful customers, but 
there were times when I had to say, no, mm -hmm. we're not the right company for you. Right. And when you're looking at a $3 million sale. Yeah, that's a really hard no to say. It, it, I had to do it several times. And what I would say is, we understand your, your problem mm -hmm. and we have a great solution. But what you're asking for is not a solution that we feel is in your best interest or ours. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, there are other companies that may be able to be of service to you. And we, you know, we'd be happy to give you some of their names if you'd like to uh, check in with them. But, but for right now, this, we're not the right company for you. Right. If your if your needs change to want to those that would would need a solution like this mm -hmm. that we have available, and that is in use at all of these other health systems, mm -hmm. we'd be happy to be of service to you right. and to be a partner with you. Mm -hmm. And and one customer uh, came back like three times to try and get us to change our mind, and we said no. Mm -hmm. And then finally, they said, okay, we'll do it your way. And they loved our products. Mm -hmm. They loved our products and our system. It worked better than they could have ever imagined and solved more problems than they even knew they had. Mm -hmm. The other customer, we just said no, because she was, she was calling people at home. Oh. And, and our employees at home when I owned a previous company. Mm -hmm. And we already knew when we started this new company that this this was not going right. to be a good fit. Her, she was just more demanding than you wanted to to do, and, and unreasonably so. Right, and so for some we, companies, they're fine with that. Well, we just we felt that having an unhappy customer as a result. And with us being involved, mm -hmm. would not be good for our reputation. We were competing with three Fortune 20 companies, mm -hmm. and we were superior. We really were. We launched to market share leader for new business. Mm -hmm. But every single customer and every single reference mattered to us, mm -hmm. and we wanted to be the best. And if there was a customer that just was never going to allow that to happen, well, then they weren't the right customer to have us as a partner right. and with the other customer, they were asking for something that would have required us to do a one-off oh. and it was, and it was a one-off mm -hmm. for the wrong solution. Mm -hmm. We knew, I mean, we were experts in mm -hmm. this particular space. We knew that that was going to result in a disaster. Mm -hmm. So we just said no, right. because we were then going to be blamed for mm -hmm. it and why get into it? Mm -hmm. Right. It's better to just spend our energy working on a customer who we could help. Right. Now, that customer did come back, and we were able to put in a solution that they were so happy with. Mm -hmm. The other customer, we just decided there was never, ever going to be anything that made her happy. Happy, And then when our company was bought by a much larger company, they ended up becoming her supplier, and she was really difficult to work with for them. Right. You know, and, and we're almost at the, the top of the hour, and there were numerous things that I didn't get to talk about. So we just have to have you on for a third time. But, you know, we've been talking about those internal conversations that, that you have with yourself. And sometimes it's that gut instinct, that little voice saying, um, you know, and, and we have those, right? When, we, when we're in that situation of dealing with the potential client or, with, you know, it, you get almost sometimes an immediate and sometimes visceral response of, now this is not going to work. Uh, always follow that first hunch, you know, and, and, and I think, you know, it, it will work out, you know, even if it's that you don't work with them or you don't hire them or you don't date them or, you know, whatever it is, that first gut instinct really is something that you need to pay attention to. Training yourself and, and the uh, system that I describe in my books helps you to train yourself mm -hmm. so that you notice those gut instincts, those strong thoughts, mm -hmm. those um, hunches, those uh, innovative ideas, those um, messages through other people that can be helpful to you. Because at the beginning, when you're not sure, is that fear? Is that doubt? Is that a hunch? You know, what is that? Mm -hmm. 
And so following this system for success, this, this path to wealth, ends up training you so that when you get those still small voices, those intuitive hits, as I call them, you're going to recognize them and they can be useful to you. Mm -hmm. And I'm not the only one that that has relied on intuition as a tool for success. I mean, Bill Gates says often you have to rely on intuition. Mm -hmm. I think Jeff Bezos uh, said that he was making his decision regarding his second headquarter based on intuition. Um, Oprah Winfrey, you know, she's listened to her still small voice her whole life. And the only time she makes mistakes is when she doesn't listen. So the list goes on and on and on that lots of successful people have said that intuition is a tool for success. Mm -hmm. How to recognize it takes some practice Mm -hmm. and it's not difficult. It just takes some repetitive practice. And hopefully, um, as since you've read my books, you you see that it's Mm -hmm. not a difficult process. It just takes commitment and practice. Right. You know, and, and of course, the hard part is when the outside world is telling you something different, um, you know, and, and you want to pay attention to them. They're your advisors. They're your employees, all of those various things. But, you know, in the end, it's like we've been saying, it's a choice. You know, do you want to follow your own instincts, your own feelings, all of those things? It's, you know, sometimes you can be swayed. You know, we're not saying that it's, it's you know, perfect. But, you know, always pay attention to what's going on internally. Absolutely. You know, it, it's nice to have people who you value and appreciate and who are subject matter experts and, and mentors and things like that to give you advice. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Wonderful to have that. As a CEO or business owner, your job is to take all of that information to make yourself very calm as you're reviewing all of that information and then make a decision. And sometimes your intuition, your gut instinct or or some sort of strong thought or feeling is going to guide you to make the right decision, Right. especially if every single day you're talking about the great outcomes that you are experiencing in advance. Right. Um, if you, if you're, if you have a dollar amount for revenues for your company, start being grateful for that or more now. Mm-hmm. Right. If you have a, if you have a number of customers that you plan to be servicing and providing products and services to by a certain period of time, be grateful that you've already achieved that now. Mm-hmm. And then things will show up on your pathway to direct you to make those statements true. Right. Yeah, you know, and we didn't even really talk about, we didn't talk about really at all, the, the seven-step success system that you have. But it does start with starting your day being grateful and taking the time to be grateful, as opposed to the alarm goes off and you think, Oh, God, I have to do this and this and this and this and this. Because when you start your day off bad, I mean, granted, maybe it can only go up from there. But, you know, start in that positive, that, that feeling of gratitude and just see how your day goes. In that, in that first time in the morning, mm-hmm. whatever you program into your brain is going to show up as evidence throughout the day. So if you immediately go to social media, if you turn on the news, if you start thinking about worst case scenarios, if you are critical of your body when you look in the mirror, anything that you put into your brain first thing in the morning is going to have a huge impact and your subconscious and your intuition and all of the data in the world is going to illuminate in, in some sort of consistent way to show you evidence of whatever you put into your brain first thing. Right. This is how one of my very favorite uh, teachers talked about if you don't program your subconscious first time in the morning, somebody else is going to program your subconscious for you. Ah. So you, if you let other people's goals or what's important to other people be the first thing that you put into your brain, you're going to notice more evidence of their Mm -hmm. stuff happening all day long. Right. So take the time, use this as a success tool. 
and take the time to program into your brain. It takes 25 minutes in the morning to go ahead and start creating, writing down, reciting out loud, and imagining being in the completed goal, Mm -hmm. meeting that revenue goal, having those wonderful customers, having the perfect employees who who value and appreciate working with you, having great investors, having wonderful harmonious relationships with your family, your friends, your coworkers, your community in our world, having perfect health, Mm -hmm. having um, enough time and energy to live a balanced life that even has um, recreation and fun in it. Mm -hmm. But if you program that, into your brain first thing every single morning, everything else in the universe will conspire to show you evidence of steps that you need to take to achieve those goals. Right. You know, and it, it, it is, it, as you said, it takes practice. You know, this is not, oh, I'm going to do this and it's going to work out perfectly right away. No, it takes practice. So I encourage people to buy May's books, which again um, are The Path to Wealth and The Gratitude Formula, a seven-step success system to create a life that you love. They're on Amazon. They're, you know, in, in other places. But, you know, it's, it's something, get it, read it, um, you know, and, and read it again. Like I said, this was the second time I read your book. And, and so, you know, it, it, it takes time to get through these things, especially if we've been used to being kind of the negative Nellies and the, shall I dare say it, Debbie Downer, um, you know, but when we're grateful, when we look toward the positives, how can that be bad? You know, so it, it can only be good. So, you know, just think about that, people. I agree. Absolutely. Wholeheartedly. Well, oh my gosh, May, we are at the top of the hour. So tell people how they find you and connect with you online. They can find everything about me and uh, some upcoming events and retreats and lots of free information at maymccarthy.com. That's maymccarthy.com. Perfect. I love it. Well, do you have any final thoughts that you want to share with everyone? Yes. I want everyone to recognize that they've already proved how powerful they are. They learned to ride a bike. They weren't perfect the first time that they did it. They had to practice, 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 and they saw other people achieving the same success that they wanted. They didn't learn how to drive a car right away. They had to practice and make what they wanted familiar and welcome. They didn't learn how to type on that crazy keyboard that's not even in alphabetical order right away. They had to practice. And now they can probably talk, type faster than I can talk. Mm-hmm. With repetition... And knowing that something is possible by seeing that other people have achieved it. If they do that every single day, what they'll do is have success beyond their wildest dreams. And once they achieve all their goals, they'll get an opportunity to make even bigger ones. And as they continue to be more and more and more successful, they can then start making a difference in the world and give back to help other people have a leg up. I love it. Well, May, this has been absolutely delightful talking with you and can't wait to do it again. We can't, you, let's not wait 18 months again. Okay, um, Deb. And, and so, you know, I, I look forward to that time. And until then, I am Deb Creer. I've been having a wonderful time talking with May McCarthy. And everyone have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.